All right, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, just keep them handy. Uh, uh, let's just go back and revisit uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, and we'll, we'll just go and, and uh, go back to revisit the, our, our base text. We went through part one this morning. Amen. Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word tonight. It won't be long. Just a second, we'll just read this, and then you can be seated. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. 1 Thessalonians 5.21. The Bible says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for the word this morning, God. And as we continue, Lord, in that same path tonight, I pray that you would just anoint me, O God, once again, Lord, to be a mouthpiece for you and the Holy Ghost. God, I pray that you would just use me, Lord, and I pray that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you would... Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. Give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path, and we want to thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Praise God. The title of the message this morning was, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Beneath that in parentheses, no way. Praise God. Exclamation point. Amen. Part one, we talked all about all sorts of things this morning. About uh, uh, And we finished up saying that <clears throat> it is better to err on the side of caution. You can miss heaven by four million miles or you can miss it by four inches. Missed it is missed it. Amen. So many people are just taking somebody else's word for it, uh, uh, for what they're saying. And as I said this morning, when you begin to look for a church, you know, it's amazing how that people will shop around and look for all sorts of things when they're buying a car or when they're looking for a house or something like that. Uh, uh, you know what? Listen, man, it, it doesn't matter who's got what house and how many people have that particular house. When you look for a house, you're looking for something that's going to fit your needs. Amen? And so when you go to uh, 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 everything like that, people... People uh, uh, go through all sorts of, of, of uh, extra uh, 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 steps when they're looking for things like that. But when it comes to seeking out something as important as where you're going to go to church and what you're being taught and something as important as your salvation, buddy... What is, what is the, uh, what is the mentality of people that just want to take somebody's word for it? As I said this morning, huh, don't you ever take my word for it. Man, you get in there and you find out, praise God, you find out what the Word of God says. That's why everybody has a Bible in this church. I do not believe in bringing you little, bringing you little computer and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. Get you a Bible. Get you a sword. That little lightsaber ain't going to do nothing for you when it comes to the, to the devil. You're going to need a sword, amen, and whip that sword out and cut him and carve him up. Amen. So you need a Bible so you can put your eyes on it, amen, and, uh, and, and I know you've got the right thing, praise God. And it needs to be a King James Version Bible, amen, because I know the history of that Bible. Now, so... As I said this morning, listen, when it comes to the kingdom of God, you better err on the side of caution. I'd rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. 
I'm going to tell you something, folks. You ain't going to never get too holy for God. So many people like to believe that Jesus just did it all. That's the consensus of the land. How many of you know that? Jesus did it all. We didn't do anything. There's nothing we have to do or need to do because Jesus did it all. The Bible says, not by works lest any man should boast. And that's a scripture that devil stands up behind. But that's also the same one that told, uh, that's also the same one that told Jesus that it's written. Understand, that same devil that's telling everybody else, you ain't got nothing you gotta do. It's all on Jesus. All you gotta do is just sit back and ride the gravy train. Why do you think he's telling people that, Brother Edward? Yeah, he wants them in hell. And he's trying to convince them all, you ain't got nothing to do, because if you start doing anything, now that's what's going to put you in hell. You start doing anything, that's going to put you in hell. Now, what does that sound like? What does that sound like? Doesn't that sound like the devil? Doesn't that sound like he twisted it completely backwards the way it's supposed to be? You know, that's how he does. Amen. But the Bible says, doesn't the Bible say, faith without works is dead being alone? Now, isn't that the Word of God? People say, well, you're saved by a grace through faith. Yes, you are. The grace happened at the cross. You're saved by faith in that. Amen. But uh, uh, listen, let me tell you something, buddy. Uh, you, you better have some works. You better, you better be busy in the kingdom of God. But if the Lord comes back and finds you sleeping, you ain't going to make it. You're going to have to answer. Amen. When God brought you, he didn't bring you just because you're all that. He brought you to reach somebody else. It's a pay it forward thing. You better take what he's giving you and do something with it. Or he'll take it away from you and give it to somebody that will. I told you about that, uh, 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 that situation where the uh, fella uh, uh, had a anointing, played man, played music so great, but he wouldn't get up and play in a little podunk church. So God just took some hillbilly guy and never even sat in front of a piano before, man. Instantly took the anointing off that guy, took the, took the, uh, Took the ability off that guy spent his whole life playing the piano and give it to the little podunk dude and took it off that other guy and he can't even find the note or can't even find the C note on that piano. Huh. I'll tell you something, buddy, you better do something with it. God will take it and do something with it. I guarantee he will. Now, so tonight, let's get some scripture. As I said, you will never be too holy for God. Sister Tara, get me Hebrews twelve fourteen. Okay, Brother Edward, get me Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. All right, now, okay, who's got that first scripture? Come on, Sister Tara. And holiness. without which no man shall see the Lord. People just think that that holiness is on the inside. But let me tell you something. What I see on the outside is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. Everybody understand that? What you're showing forth on the outside is an outward sign of your inward convictions. Amen. Ladies, if you didn't believe the Scripture, amen, that tells you that your hair is your glory, then 
you wouldn't have long hair, most likely. You wouldn't be not cutting your hair. Amen. You wouldn't be wearing long dresses to the floor because it's certainly not the fad in the land. It's not the popular thing to do in the land. So uh, you wouldn't be doing those things unless you had a conviction from that. And where does that conviction come from? Come from the Word of God. The Holy Ghost convicts you, but He convicts you according to the Word of God. So you know it in the Word. You see it in the Word. Amen. So it is an outward sign of your inward conviction. People can see outwardly what you believe inside. It don't do you a bit of good to do all that kind of stuff if you don't believe it. Now, okay, so following holiness without which no man shall see God. There's a whole lot of people that's walking around that look just like this world. Look just like the world. But did you know the Bible talks about that? Tells us to come out from among them and be separate. Give me Ephesians 6. Come on. 10 through 18. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think the armor of God has anything to do with the Word of God? Do you think the armor of God has anything to do? You think, do you think your church has anything to do with that? Do you? How do you think that happens? How do you think you? How do you think the church? What part do you think the church plays in that? Elaborate a little bit. Let me know. Talk to me about it. Things hoped for, evidence things not seen. <clears throat> That's right. But here's here's the nut in the nutshell right here. Here's the summary of it all. You come to this church, and this is where you put on the whole armor of God. That's what happens when you come in here and you get your feet stepped on. Here's the situation. You know what causes you to get your feet stepped on? You got your armor out of place. Or your feet wouldn't get stepped on. Because if your feet shod with the gospel of peace, they ain't nothing going to affect your feet. <laughs> they ain't nobody going to be able to step on your toes because they can't get to them. They'd be stepping on the Word of God. Amen. So that's the thing. You see what I mean? If your feet get hurt because they're stepping on your feet, you ain't got the proper stuff on your feet. Amen. And that's what I'm doing it for is so you'll get them feet out of the way, praise God, and get them, and get them feet shod with the gospel of peace, of peace. And see, what happens is you come in here, praise God, and it's my job as a pastor of this church and the shepherd of this flock to make sure your armor is on, spit-shined and polished, all intact and in place where it goes with no with no voided places, no buttons out of place, no no void places, because that's exactly where the devil. Let me tell you something. He's got a laser sight. He ain't throwing rocks, folks. He's got guided missiles, and he knows just how to find that open spot in your armor. 
And so that's what happens when you come to the house of God. And so what happens if you ain't got a preacher that's not preaching the truth, amen, that will help you close up those places? What if you come to a church who is, they're not, they're not given armor. What they're doing is convincing you, you don't need no armor. Jesus is your armor. Jesus has on His armor, so you don't need to be wearing yours. You can just use Jesus' armor. How many of you buy that? <laughs> you better get your own armor. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Amen. Go on, brother. Come on. Take unto you the whole armor of God. Come on. A fit, now listen, your feet shod with the what, Sister Erica? Splain. Uh-uh. Come on. Think about what he just said. Everybody be quiet. Listen carefully. See, this is one of the things that we have to do. We have to make sure we're listening carefully to what the Word of God's saying. He said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So listen carefully. What does it say? What's he saying? Your feet shod with the what? No. Read that one more time. Your feet shod with the what, brother? With the preparation of the gospel of peace. My, my. Sister Hoffman. Explain. Okay. So that's how you shod your feet. You shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means, and that's why, I, that's why we have these pop tests that we have. These pop quizzes, so to speak, is to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is the gospel. It is the gospel that helps people find peace. Amen. And so you are to prepare yourself with that gospel so that when you go to somebody, you're ready. You're ready to preach the gospel unto them. You are prepared with that gospel. You have your word prepared. Amen. It's prepared up here. It's prepared in your heart. Your feet are shod with that. When you're walking that path, you're ready. Amen. For somebody to step in your path that Jesus puts in your path. Amen. Your feet are shod with that. Praise God. Everywhere your feet carry you, you're ready with a word for somebody in need. The Bible says what in another place? Be ye instant in season out of season. Praise God. That is having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Listen, you need to spend some personal time getting yourself ready to minister to people. You need to spend some time. You may need to go in your backyard and just talk to yourself. Amen. How many times have I told you? Ask yourself those critical questions that somebody's going to ask you so you can be ready, prepared, and equipped with the right answer. Amen. So that you'll know how it's going to sound and it won't cause you, it won't cause you to trip up. Amen. Okay, come on, brother. With your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Go ahead. Yes, sir. 
watching it, watching thereunto with all perseverance. I mean, keep your eyes peeled. Go ahead. Supplication for all saints. Is that it? Praise God. Okay. So, so what you're looking for in a church, what you're looking for in a church, what you're looking for is truth. You're looking for something that's going to protect you. You're looking for something you can take to somebody else, something that's going to help fight off the enemy, something that you can use to battle the enemy. Amen. You're looking for that hedge of protection. You're looking for something that's going to get you home. Amen. Having done all. Let me tell you something. You better know what it is you got a hold of. Because, folks, this is for all the marbles right here. You better know what it is you got a hold of. You better know what it is that you got leading you toward home. Because you could breathe your last breath today, and then where are you going to be? You better make sure what you got's the right thing. Because I can assure you, there are millions out there right now today that you couldn't convince them they're not ready, but they're not. And there ain't nothing you can say could convince them they're not ready, but they're not ready. They're not ready to meet the Lord. How many of you believe that? Amen. Yes, brother. Pray God. Yes, there is. Amen. Yeah, just for the sake of the tape. There are people in the house, for those of you on the tape. Amen. Okay. Give me 2 Corinthians, Sister Sandra, 12 and verse 9. Once you do all you can, the Bible says when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. So... What happens is when you come to the end of you, that's when you find Jesus. How many of you have found that to be true? So many people want to put it all on Jesus, but let me tell you something. If you're waiting on Him, most often time He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to get to the end of you. Do all you can, and that's where you're going to show. That's when Jesus will be there. He ain't coming till then. He ain't coming until then. You're not going to convince him to come till then. Because until you spend what you got, he ain't going to come with extra. He ain't coming with what. He's not going to give you what you don't need. He's going to give you just what you do need. Amen. Praise God. Because he ain't going to give you something to make you lazy and fat. Yeah. He's not going to come in there, man, and just take it all. Take it all out of your hands. Put it all on himself. That would make the lies that they're preaching out there true. That he did do it all. Okay, who's got to come on? Second Corinthians twelve nine. Come on. Amen. You see what happens? Paul said, "I." He rejoiced in his in his infirmities. In other words, when he comes to a place where he's weak. But you know what? Paul didn't wait for Jesus to do nothing. Paul got busy. And when Paul come to the end of all Paul could do, that's when Jesus showed up. Did you know what? Jesus didn't show up and he walked on the water when he got shipwrecked out there, man. 
when he was shipwrecking in the deep, a, a, a night and a day in the deep, and all that kind of stuff, he didn't show up. Listen, Paul came in on broken pieces. Amen. He still had to swim to shore. He still had to come in on broken pieces. He still had to use everything in his life, in his, in his abilities to swim to shore. Jesus didn't come out there and, and put him on the shore, translate him over there, did he? You know what? Paul still had to go through all them beatings. Amen. He was beaten 39 stripes. Amen. Several times. He still had to go through all them things. God didn't just take away the battle, didn't take all that kind of stuff, man, didn't take it away from him. Jesus still had to go to the cross. Amen. Paul had to suffer many, many things. But you know what? When he came to the place there was no more Paul left, that's when Jesus showed up. And so he knew that the Lord's strength was made perfect. His strength was made complete in Paul's weakness. In other words, Jesus was saying... When you get to the place where you can't go no further, your weakness, when your strength runs out, my strength will complete it. I got you slack. I got you slack, man. Yeah, I ain't got you back. I got you slack. You know, but I'm not talking about throwing you throwing some slack in it so I can pick it up and carry it for you. You carry your own cross. But when the cross is, when you've carried that cross, the last step you can take it. I'll get it the rest of the way. That's what God's saying. You know, so many people don't understand that thorn in the flesh. I believe with every fiber in me, I know what that thorn was because the Bible does kind of give you a description about it. I believe that was because the, the Bible says it was a messenger of Satan, a messenger. So I believe that was, uh, uh, now, you know, it's not ironclad, but I believe, I believe that was a messenger of Satan saying, hi, how in the world are you going to be? How you going to be all that? Oh, you going to be a big soldier for God now. Yeah, you think you're working for, for the Lord now. And you killed all them Christians before, though. See, yeah, man, I remember when you was over there killing them Christians. Remember that? But you're going to be Johnny, Johnny Jesus uh, boy now, see? Yeah. Two-faced, Paul. You're two-faced. That's what he was saying. That messenger of Satan, the Lord said he, I mean, Paul said he, he asked the Lord thrice to remove that. It was a thorn in the flesh. Messenger of Satan. And the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient. You know what the Lord was telling him? He's saying, hey, I covered that already. I already forgave you for that at the cross. My grace at the cross was sufficient to cover that. I covered that when you came in this thing. Quit talking to me about it. My grace was sufficient. It's already covered. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up no more. I've got that. My strength's made perfect in your weakness. I knew you were weak. I knew you were headed in the wrong direction. But my strength covered that. My blood was sufficient to cover that. I got that. That's behind you. Paul began to realize he couldn't be looking back. He said he, he came to understand that, hey, you can't be looking back. you got to reach ahead. He had to forget those things which were behind because it was holding him back. And that devil will try to do the same thing with you. Try to hold you back by things you've done in your past. We all have things we've done in our past we're not, that we're not happy about, we're ashamed of, we're not proud of it. But if you let that devil, he'll keep you bound up with that stuff and make it an anchor and tie it around your neck. Cast that mess off of you and start moving forward. Keep your feet moving forward. Praise God. Now, 
Okay, is that all of it? Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a question. As we said, so many people just take people's word for it. Let me ask you a question. If you are investing your life savings, your life savings for retirement, Brother Edward, let me ask you a question. If you're saving up, and you're, you're going to invest your life for your life savings, your retirement and all that. And I, you come to the door, yes. Hey, how you doing? They call me Johnny Investment. How you doing, man? Hey, listen. Hey, buddy. Uh, yes, is it okay if I park my Ferrari in your driveway right there? Is it okay if I park my, is it okay? Okay, thank you, man. Okay, uh, yeah, because I, <laughs> I had to bring that one today because my Lamborghini and all those, my Porsches are all being serviced right now. But, <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to stop by and tell you, man, that look, I don't know what you're doing, but man, I have the investments for you, okay? I've got the investments for you. You need to, listen, oh, excuse me, oh, I didn't, I didn't blind you with that diamond there I got on my finger, did I? I'm sorry, I noticed it hit you neither. It didn't blind you, did it? Okay, I just want to make sure that 27-carat diamond didn't blind you. Be careful. My Rolex could put your eyes out. <laughs> but now, <laughs> but listen, man, you know, I have the investment for you, buddy. I've got the investment for you, man. And if you'll just cut me a check, if you will just cut me a check. Look, man, I've got, here's the charts right there. Did you see that now? If you will just cut me a check <laughs> for however much you've got, man, I'll make you rich. I'll make you a millionaire. And, buddy, by the time you're ready to retire, say, 10, 15, 20 years, man, you'll be able to live like I'm living. You won't have to never worry about no money no more, man. What I got will, man, be sufficient for you to carry you for the rest of your natural life. <clears throat> Would you buy it? <clears throat> but now, wait a minute, man. I'm driving a Ferrari. I just told you I had a Lamborghini and some Porsches. I mean, you see that big rock almost blinded you coming in, burned a spot in your wall outside as I was walking up the sidewalk. Okay. <clears throat> if you would not buy that nonsense... How would you go about setting up an investment strategy for retirement? What would you do, brother? What would you do? Yeah. Wouldn't you start doing some homework? I guarantee you, Edward Lee is going to do some homework. You wouldn't... Man... You'd have to go get you some new thumbs from swapping that phone back and forth and going to every website ever known to mankind for the past 365 years on investment. You'd be looking at the ups and the downs, where the market's at, what kind of solidarity it has in it. Wouldn't you look for longevity? Wouldn't you look for a proven track record? Wouldn't you look for proof? Wouldn't you need some proof? 
And even with that, buddy, you better watch it. You better watch it even with proof. Look at Enron, man. Look at how many people lost billions of dollars with them scam artists. You know what Enron is, brother? Enron is a, is a prime example of today's modern religion. It is a prime example, buddy. Let me tell you something. There's people that invested themselves lock, stock and barrel. Every dime they had was entrusted by because it was a big fancy company. Oh, it was big. It had far-reaching branches that went everywhere. Oh, man, they were worldwide. Man, they were dealing on big, big, big plans. You know what? Let me tell you something. You know, you know what got a lot of them people invested in Enron? You know what got a lot of people invested in Enron? <laughs> oh man, I'm in with Enron. Oh yeah, oh yeah, just touch me right there. Not too much. I don't want it to be too much for you. Huh. I'm, I'm a, yeah. I'm an Enron man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got my money. Enron. That's right. That's right. I'm an Enron man. Yeah, I'm invested. I'm a big investor. And you know, of course, Enron's the place. They're the happening place. You ought to come in yourself. Put some money in Enron. It's the place, man. It's the happening place. Everybody's got some Enron that's anybody. It's the 502 or 90210, whatever that is, of investments. Huh? You can't lose, man. Come on! But you know what? All of a sudden, somebody gets to that place where they're ready to retire. I need my money because I'm an Enron man. I'm sorry. You're an idiot. <laughs> we'll talk about your money when we get back from overseas at our beach house. Yeah. Gone. Do you know how many people have invested their soul? Because it was the happening place. Everybody was in. Why, it had to be the right place. Look at the cars they drive. Woo, the Bible says, supposing that gain is godliness from such, withdraw thyself. But that's, you know what? No, they don't need no proof. You know what their proof is? You know what their proof is? They don't need to research and look into the, uh, what they're preaching. They don't need to. They're not going to go and look into it. You know what they're doing? I'll take your word for it. Why would they take their word for it, Brother Edward? Why would they take their word for it? You know why they take their word for it? Because they've got 50,000 people in their congregation. Because there's people in their congregation got lots of money. There's people in that congregation that say, well, they owe that lots of money to the message that he's preaching. And they do. The devil knows he can keep people fat and rich and sell that mess as a doctrine. 
the prosperity doctrine. That's right. Let me tell you, they say, oh, oh, you need to come. We are so prosperous now. We're so prosperous now. Yeah. Yes, my. So's Donald Trump. I'm not following him. I'm not going to follow him when it comes to the end of life. I'm not going to be behind Donald Trump. Amen. I'm going to separate myself from that mess. You know what they do when they, ch- when, when they find a church? When they're finding a church and they're finding a message to follow? The results they're looking for is prosperity. And have, you know, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know, what, you know what the number one... What's the number one question you get? What's one of the number one questions you get? What do people ask you when you tell them, tell them about your church? Okay, they say, where do you go to church? What's the next question out of their mouth? Oh, no. I've never heard that. No. Mm-mm. There it is. How many people you got? That's the first question I get every single time. Every single time. How many people you got? How big a church is it? How many people you got? They want to know how many people. Because if you got 10, 12, 15 people. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. Now I know what kind of church you are. Okay. You're, you're one of those wannabe churches that just don't want to go to somebody else's church. You just start your own. Yeah, that's one of those churches. Yeah, okay. You're probably a strip center, right? <laughs> Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Fringe church. Yeah. You know. Oh. Oh, I see. Yeah. They want numbers. They want a crowd. You know why they want a crowd? Because that's, in their mind, that tells them what a big church is. That tells them what a real church is. If you got lots and lots of people, oh, oh, so it's a real church. That's how their mind works. The devil's made it that way. You got less than 100 people, you ain't no church. That's the way they look at it. Yeah, and they can't blend in. Yeah, that's right. Wouldn't you do your homework? Wouldn't you research the product? I mean, you are going to go all in, right? Wouldn't you want to research the product? Wouldn't you want to check the track record? Wouldn't you want to see some proof? As we talked about this morning... The Bible just says we've seen a while ago. Prove all things. Amen. You know what the questions need to be? It ain't just what's the doctrine. Now, I have had some ask me the right questions. I have had a couple of people 
There was a guy, Brother Brown came in. He came just a couple times. He he goes around and converts entire churches. That's his that's his thing. And he's anointed to do it. Guy's name is Brother Brown. Came in one day. We was at that apostolic building over off of uh, off of uh, off of uh, uh, off twenty nine seventy eight down there off of Kirkendall. He came in one day. Walked in. How you doing, preacher? I said I'm doing good. He walked in. He said, "You have the Holy Ghost." I said, "I do." He said. Do you baptize in Jesus' name? I said, absolutely. He said, what do you believe you got to do to be saved? I said, repent and be baptized, every one of them, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. I believe you've got to be born of the water and the Spirit. Amen. I said, I believe what the Bible says, and that's what I teach. He said, Awesome. He stayed for that service. At the end of the service, he came up there. He said, I need what you got. He said, I want you to pray for me. You got something I need. You've got something I need. He said, and the Holy Ghost just told me to come up and have you lay hands on me. You got something I need. Praise God. I prayed. Oh, no. Y'all never went to that church. Long time before y'all came up. Yeah, we were at uh, we were at that place. It was a church building. It was an actual church building. <clears throat> Falling down now that we left. It's just going going to pot, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this man's deal was going and changing entire churches. I mean, he, he was anointed to do it, too, because I'm telling you, man, he'd walk in there, and two days later, after he met with the preacher, they were baptizing the entire church in Jesus' name. The whole church, 150 people. I mean, the preacher preaching would just turn around and say, I've taught y'all the wrong thing. Oh, man, I need everybody in this church to be rebaptized right now. It was just unbelievable, man. Some people just anointed for specific things. You know what I'm saying? And he just had to, and he traveled all over the country. He'd go, man, I've got to go to, i got to go to, uh, you know, to Rome, Georgia. <laughs> Lord, lead me to Rome, Georgia. Next thing you know, we get a, hey, praise God, whole church converted. Praise God, man. <laughs> Hey, man, yeah, you know, it was awesome, man. We, he came back one other time, but uh, anyway, but uh, probably even know what got me off on that, but praise God, I, I tell you. Huh, uh, huh? Yeah, so that's right. People never ask the right questions. But you know, that's what my question would be. Hey, man. To a preacher or to a pastor, hey, how you doing? Uh, uh, do you have the Holy Ghost? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever spoke with tongues? No. Well, then you ain't got the Holy Ghost. What makes you think you got the Holy Ghost? Well, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit... Oh, no, the Bible don't say that. No, it don't. Every instance I ever saw in the Bible, in the New Testament, that's what, that's what was new. That's what was new, was that communication between your soul and the Lord. That's what was new. The Spirit was not yet given. Amen. That's the part of it that was not yet given. We know the Holy Ghost went on before that because I'm a Bible man. I don't just take people's word for it that say, oh, the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Oh, yes, the Holy Ghost was yet given. It was given because Moses had it. Uh, 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 man, all the people of God that had miracle working power did that with the, with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. But 
I've never known anybody that I knew absolutely had the Holy Ghost that did not speak in tongues. It was given of the Lord. So I would ask them, do you believe in that? Do you have that? Do you teach that? Do you believe in Jesus' name only, baptism? Do you believe Jesus is God? Do you believe they are one? Do you teach it? What's your thoughts on women pastors? What's your thought on the relationship between a man and a woman and a husband and a wife? I want to know what you teach here. Do you teach that? What's your thoughts on women cutting their hair like a man and man wearing his hair like a woman? What's your thoughts on that? I want to know these things because if I'm going to submit myself under the authority of somebody, my soul's in the balance, and I'm not going to take your word for it, buddy. It's me that's going to be in hell, not you. I'm not going to put my soul... In the hands of something I hadn't even researched, buddy. You better get out and get to digging, because I promise you, when you stand for God, it ain't going to be me there with you. My job will be over then, praise God, whether you make it or you don't make it. My job will be over, and it's going to be you and a judge. You will not be standing with a merciful God. You better get that clearly in your mind. You better get that clear in your mind. You, how many of you clearly understand you are not going to meet a merciful Jesus? There will be no mercy because you will have left the grace dispensation, the dispensation where the blood must have already been applied, or you are in a world beyond this world of truth. Folks, how many of you do you love your son? What if somebody just came up nowhere and says, Hey, <laughs> I'll take care of your son for you. I mean, I'll do it for free. <laughs> Why can't I take care of him for you? That's awful mean. You're just not very trustworthy. Let me tell you something. You don't just let anybody watch that child. Why is that? Because she's important. Wouldn't you do your homework? Wouldn't you know everything there is to know? Absolutely, wouldn't you know without a doubt? You wouldn't take no chance with that child. People wouldn't take chances with their children, but yet, and that's just with babysitting them. But yet, their soul is going to end up for eternity somewhere, and they don't care who teaches them what it takes to get that child to heaven. They don't care. They don't even think about it. They don't even consider it. They don't even consider asking questions, doing background checks. They don't even consider checking the fruit. They don't even consider researching what's being taught.
Is that in the Bible? Do you know? And I'll tell you right now. I know people that go to UPC churches and have been to Bible college that can't tell you 20 scriptures. And I guarantee you that's a fact. And when you came here, you didn't know much scripture, and what you did know was wrong. You knew all the same ones they know out there, the hide behind scriptures. But you know what? How you like me now? How you like me now? See? You don't feel that lost anymore, do you? Amen. Because Jesus chose to open your understanding to His precious, precious Word. Amen. You have researched. You do know what's being preached. You have seen it with your own eyes. There is proof, praise the Lamb of God. You know, you ask a preacher, hey, have you ever laid your hands on somebody and they recovered, praise God? Have you ever performed a miracle in your life? Have you ever laid hands on the sick and healed them? Yes, I have, amen, many, many times. People get scared to even say that. Oh, well, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute, there, preacher. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait for what? What I'm talking about is the Word of God. The Bible says, go and heal the sick. Freely ye have received, freely give. Praise God. Yes, I've healed the sick. Amen. The Bible says in several places, go and heal the sick. Yes, it's the power of God, but He gave it to me. And I use the power He gave to me to reach other people. And I give it to them, praise God. He gave the Word to me before He gave it to you. And I've given it to you, praise God. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. So why is it? Why is it that people take anybody's Word for something so serious, but just something Something that's not near that serious. Protecting that child from a predator is not nearly as important as it is protecting her from hell. Because predators will someday fade away. But where she's going to be for eternity will never, ever fade away. And I'm going to tell you something, buddy. If you are paying close attention to what's going on, let me tell you what it better be. It better be where that child's going to end up in eternity. Amen. Because that child's going to be somewhere forever. People just walk through this life. Eh, They don't know nothing about the Word of God. None of them. None of them know nothing about the Word of God. Did you know, I'd be willing to tell you, probably over 75%, maybe 90%, I don't know. I don't even know what the statistics would be. But I'll tell you, most of them don't even carry a Bible to church. You know what they say? What do they say? What do they say? That's it. There it is right there. That's what they say. Oh, no, the preacher puts that up on the board. (laughs) 
How do you know what he's putting up on? Is he putting the King James Version up there? Oh, well, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Not really sure. What you're telling me is you don't know what he's putting up there because you're not really sure. That's what you're saying. You're not really sure? If you don't know the difference between what he's putting up there and the truth, is it the truth? That's the question. Is it the truth? I mean, or is it something that Dr. Billy Bob wrote? You know the church? We, we were here just a, just a couple of weeks, or a week. And uh, Brother Carpenter, Danny Carpenter, was the pastor of the biggest UPC church here in this area. Years ago, my family knew him. We went to his church, you know. Okay. He denounced it. I mean, I didn't know this. He denounced it. One of the women got up on stage and cut all her hair off and dropped it in the floor. Yes. They all did it. They were all denouncing UPC. Denouncing it. Up on the podium, got up there and cut cut her hair off, just whacked it, whacked it off, cut it all off right there. Denounced UPC, got out of it. That's where Barentine got his got his audience. That's where he got his congregation. He had eight people in his church for several years, and boom, the ones that did not go with it went to went to Barentine's. Instant congregation. Hundred people. Oh man. <laughs> so uh, he le- this was Tomball. He left. He went over. He still got a church over here, and there's still several people in with him. We went back. I didn't know this. I'm looking for Carpenter when I get here, because I'm thinking, man, we need to go to church. I got. I'm not gonna miss church. Period. I mean, if I'm not preaching, honey. I'm gonna be in a church somewhere. I'm going to church. Sunday comes, I'm going to the house of God somewhere. But if I can't get in this house of God, you're going to find me in a church somewhere. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I'm a church man. I'm churchy as a, uh, praise God as Noah was Arky. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to find me some church somewhere. That's right. Now, so we found him. Over in Tomball. Back in the woods, he got a place where we got a pretty good sized church. It's a metal building like this, but a big two story metal building. <clears throat> pretty good sized place. Real nice-looking property he's got right there next to the Lutheran church. Great, big property. No, I don't know what they call it. I can tell you what I would call it, but we're in church. Now, we get in there. Hey, how you doing? He starts talking. First thing he starts doing is telling me about the... First thing out of his mouth, hey, man, yeah. Well, you know, he said, man, we had a... Our, uh... Our yard guy, oh, dadgummit, just got busted for a DUI, and he's just talking about, starts talking about this guy. I don't know this guy. What? Come off the wall with it, starts telling me about all this guy's DUI and his problems, and he's got a drinking problem and all this stuff. I'm thinking, okay, well, here comes Sunday school. We're in a little side room, like a, like a little kitchen area out here, okay? It's much bigger than that, but... In there, plastic tables all night. We sit down. I get my Bible, set it down there, you know. Dress like this. Everybody else is uh, sweatpants, whatever. They're just... I don't even remember. I couldn't tell you. But let me tell you. The first thing here they come with, 
Okay, man, I read a good book, man, and let me tell you, this author is just on fire. This author is just so awesome. And so I'm going to tell you what he said and, and give you several. So he started quoting from this author of this book. Never one time did he mention the Bible. He never opened a scripture, never spoke a scripture, never mentioned Jesus, never mentioned the Lord whatsoever, never mentioned anything but a couple of different authors of a couple of different books. And this man is teaching the adult Sunday school. We literally got, I said, let's go. We literally got up and walked out. I said, let's go. We stood after... 30, 45 minutes of this, never mentioned Jesus, not one time, no prayer, no nothing. This is over in Tomball, off of 2920, you take a uh, park road down there, this great big Lutheran church down there, they're, they're right down there close to that. There ain't no railroad tracks there. You come, you come heading towards Waller, heading towards 290 on 2920. You come out, you cross, you come out of Tomball, past Lowe's and all that, you go about two or three miles down there, and there's a road that goes off to the right. It's called Park Road. That's the road that takes you back in there. You'll see signs that say Lutheran Church this way. They're down that road on the left before you get to the Lutheran Church. Anyway, never mentioned the Lord, never mentioned anything. We just got up and left. That was all she wrote. I said, that's it. Let's go. We just got up and walked out. I'm not, listen. I just it took a minute for sink in my brain. I was like, because Carpenter was a UPC Pentecostal Holy Ghost filled devil stomping preacher when I left that man. Just uh, what's going through my mind is, dear God, does he know what this nut's preaching? Does he know what this guy's doing in here? And and then I'm thinking, everybody's like, oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, man, that's a good author, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah. Had nothing to do about nothing. Had nothing. To, there was no substance to it whatsoever. Nothing. Listen, I ain't here to bash anybody, but let me tell you something. What I am here to tell you is I ain't taking nobody's word for it. What did Jesus say? That's what I want to know. What's God got to say about it? What's the king got to say about it? Because he's the one going to judge me. He's the one I'm going to be looking right in the face. Amen. When I stand in judgment... It ain't going to be no stupid author's idea that's going to keep me in heaven, praise God. I'm going to either be one or two places, and I know where I want to be. And there ain't but one word can get me there. There ain't but one doctrine can get me home, brother. That's the doctrine Jesus handed off to his apostles. And if you've changed it, you ain't going to make it. How many of you know it wasn't a multiple choice doctrine? Do you understand that? Do you understand this was not a here, take this, now you can add to it. Now, here, put your own spin on it. Huh. Let me tell you something. I'm a, brother, let me tell you, my wife will tell you, I'm a real stickler. I don't want nobody's added nothing to it, even with what I eat. Did you know my daddy was the same way? My daddy divorced my mama because she was an alcoholic and a, among other things, my, my biological mother. But she had the best spaghetti ever known to man. So he had my stepmother learn how to make that spaghetti. That's how we roll. And we still make it. Oh, yeah. I don't care who made it. If it's right, it ain't going to change. Well, I'm going to do it my way. Well, honey, you're going to do it your way somewhere else because you ain't going to be married to me and do it your way because I'm running this show. 
<laughs> it was, hey, if it ain't broke, it ain't, it ain't no need to fix it. You see what I'm saying? So, no, I ain't going to put no your spin on it. I don't want you to put your spin on it. It's perfect when I handed it to you. And I want it the same every time. Write it down. If you can't get it the same every time, write the thing down. Amen. Because when I eat it the next time, I want it to taste just like the last time. Amen. No way. Okay, sit down a minute. Oh no! Oh no! No, come on! No, you open! You open this! Uh, you open this can of worms. Let's go fishing, huh? Let's go. Don't you get tired of this same old thing, huh? Don't it get bland? Don't you get tired of this same old word? I mean, the same old. You got to wear your dresses off. Don't you get tired of it? I mean, man, ain't you just sick to death of it? Don't you get tired of it? Uh-uh, but like, but no, uh-uh, no. Okay, Luscious, watch it. <laughs> I'll tell you about that in a minute. I'll tell you about this. She's fixing to call me, pull both barrels out. Let me tell you something. I'm a creature of habit. Praise the Lamb of God. God knew that when He picked me up. You know what? I may not be the greatest or sharpest knife in the drawer. I may not be the most elegant preacher by any stretch of the imagination, brother. But I can tell you this much. You're going to get the same message from me every time you come to this house of God. You're going to get the same word. Praise God. It may be a different message, but it's going to come from the same place. My king's stamp of approvals on it. Hallelujah. And I don't care how bland it sounds to somebody, how repetitious it sounds to somebody. Praise the Lamb of God. It wasn't broke the last time I preached it, and it ain't going to be broke this time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. Oh, yeah. I don't need nothing new. Praise God, I don't need no new woman. I don't need a new dog. I don't need no new nothing. Praise God. Send me some more hungry souls, and I'm going to feed them the same thing I've been feeding everybody. Praise God. If it's good enough for the apostles, it's good enough for you. Praise God. If it's good enough for my Jesus to come all the way from heaven down here to hand it off to you, who am I to look at the uh, gift horse in the mouth and say, I, got, I don't know, I can't. Huh. We have fun in this church, don't we, brother? You know what? We're family. We're family. <laughs> She's still reeling back there. <laughs> Praise God. People are gambling. It ain't no different than playing Russian roulette, but it's much more dangerous. You're playing Russian roulette with your soul. Don't you take my word for it. You put your eyes on the Word of God. You put your eyes on what I'm preaching. You make sure that's what it says. You make sure. That's why I do stuff. And you know what? I've had people say, I don't like it when people do that. I say something like, Yeah, let me think about, uh, uh, yeah, I'll put like, lay a few things down, and y'all say, uh-uh, wait, oh, wait. I've had some people tell me, matter of fact, same person I was talking to you about earlier, said, you know, we don't like it when people do that. I said, is that right? You don't like it? No. That's changing the Word of God. 
You don't like that? But you don't have a problem with a salad boy coming up in your congregation with little goldy locks and flipping his little hair back, telling you about how you going to live to be 130 flipping years old, you nut? You don't have a problem with that, telling you you're going to live to be 130 years old when the Bible tells you you ain't going to make it? Because it sounds good, but you got a problem with me trying to get the congregation to wake up. That tells me whether or not you're asleep. And it also puts your thinking cap on and it makes you stop and think about what it is I'm saying. And if you're not paying attention, I'll catch you. See what I mean? That's what that's for. I know what the Word says. And so do you. But it's just a way of making sure we're both on the same page. That's all it is. We know what the Word of God says. If it, let me tell you something. If I didn't have people in here that did know what it said, I would never do that. Because somebody might take it for the, the real Word of God. People are buying hook, line, and sinker. Taking people's word for it. When they wouldn't do it for much less important things, but they'll do it not realizing it's for eternity. We don't put the care of our children in just the care of anybody. What about credit checks? What about somebody going to loan you some money? What if you're a loan officer and you're going to loan somebody some money? Wouldn't you check into that? Find out what the heck their track record is? How'd you do with the creditors before? Yet those same loan officers are sitting in churches, mega churches, probably on Sunday. Some of those same loan officers that are in the business of checking people out and making sure that everything's like it's supposed to be, making sure that it's not a lie, making sure there's not fraud involved with it. They spend their life doing that over and over and over. But yet... You'll see those people sitting up in a big mega church that ain't no more preaching the truth in the Word of God than that chair. And they're buying it, hook, line, and sinker. You know what they're doing? They're taking somebody else's word for it. Why? Because it looks to me like they're pretty successful. It looks to me like he's on the right track. He makes ten times the money I do, including some of mine. He makes big money. Look at the congregation. I mean, he must be right. God's blessing him. See, nobody has the idea, nobody understands that the devil has power to give wealth. They always look at that and say, all good things come from the Lord. I, all, the Bible says that God has the power to give wealth, gives the power to get wealth. But let me tell you something. The Word of God over there where he was talking to, the devil was talking to Jesus, he said, hey, bow down and worship me. He said, I will give you all these things, for it is given me the power to give you these things. Do you think Jesus gave Donald Trump his wealth? Where do you reckon it come from? That's right. Where do you think Bill Gates got his wealth at? You think it's Jesus? Oh, now come on now, because you know that man gives a lot of money away. Do you know he helps a lot of folks and builds wells and all that kind of stuff? What about that, what about that dude who uh, used to be a Holy Ghost devil stomping preacher? I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for him now. What's his name? Got a, I don't know, 
$10 billion budget probably now for just his television ministry. What's the guy's name? Uh, got a big college and all that now. No, not, no. Not Benny in the hands. No. No, he used to be a Pentecostal guy. He used to be Pentecostal preacher. Paint off the walls. He used to preach like I do. No, man, he's probably my age. Huh? Par- uh, Parsons. Parsons, yeah, yeah. Not Bill. What's his name? No. I think it's him. He used to be a man. Now he's, now he's got a real hip college. Great, big, huge college. Uh, Rod Parsley. Uh-huh. He used to be a Holy Ghost-filled, devil-stomping Man of God. Man, he ain't preaching to You know what he's preaching now? Prosperity. You know what he's preaching now? Water wells. Feeding the sick. Feeding people with food. Let me tell you something. Buddy, put your cans of food down. Get your Bible out, son. And get to preaching them people. Feed them what they need. Praise God for salvation. Don't feed them what they need, man, for no, uh, uh, for no water well. Flying these big planes all over the world with food and, and being the first one on the scene in disaster areas, that's all fine, well, and good. But don't tell me you've laid that doctrine aside, man, where you used to preach against the devil, you used to preach against that. Now what you're more interested in is all the people watching you by television. Makes me want to scream. I watched that man... Man, I don't know how in the world he did it without ten handkerchiefs, son. He'd pace them floors on the stage about that big right there. Church about this size right here. Sweat pouring off him, man. I mean, stomping and Jim Boy just shouting at the top of his lungs and preaching the paint off the wall, son. I mean, the Holy Ghost devil stomping man of God. He went from that to all showmanship. He still tries to act like he's all that, but he ain't. I don't care how much money you got. Doesn't mean that a rich man can't make it to heaven. Doesn't mean that people can't prosper in this kingdom. But I'll tell you this much. You're going to answer for everything you've done. You're going to answer for everyone you've spoke to and every word you spoke to them. When it comes to insurance, what's insurance for, Brother Edward? What do you got insurance for? What you got insurance for, brother? What do you carry insurance for? You use when you get sick. You use when you you use when you've had a catastrophe. Just like it's for protection. Amen. That's right. It's for protection. Do you know what I'm teaching you? It's the biggest insurance plan ever was. Do you know that? Do you know what it's for, sister? You know what I'm selling. I'm selling life insurance. I'm selling life insurance. Are you buying? I'm selling life insurance. You better buy it. You better not get to the end of your life and not have some of what I'm selling. You better have the right plan. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you can't read the fine print, you better get you some binoculars 
If you can't read the fine print, you better get you a magnifying glass or a telescope or a microscope. You better make sure you put your eyes on this fine print because I'm going to promise you one thing. When you get when you get to the place where you need it, you're going to find out. <laughs> you're going to find out what's in your plan. <laughs> you're going to find out what's in the plan. How many of you ever heard them horror stories? Oh, I had insurance. And, oh, my God, I got up and realized that it had a, oh, Lord, it's a flood came got me. I didn't have flood insurance. We lost everything. I thought I had the right insurance. Oh, I had, I, I, but I've got insurance. I've got automobile insurance. Yeah, but you're just, you're just wearing that red scarf. What do you mean? Well, we had the red scarf clause. You didn't see that over there? We cover everything but the red scarf claws. Gotcha. We can't cover you. Statistics show because of our little plug-in thing on there, you're just doing one mile an hour over the speed limit, and you're driving with your left foot. You zigged when you should have zagged. Let me tell you something, folks. Everybody reads their insurance plans because you've heard them horror stories. You try to read the fine print. But if there's something you, if there's anything in this world you better read the fine print on, you better get in that book. It's in your lap, and you better find that fine print, and you better find out if it's necessary. Well, I don't believe you need to do all that, but here's an idea. Why don't you get in there and look and find out? Show me where it says you don't have to do it. don't matter what you believe. Show me what the Word of God says about it. Show it to me in the Bible. Well, here it is right here. I said the Bible. Well, here it is right here. No, no, no. That's the message. I want the Bible. That has nothing to do with the Bible right there. Show me the Bible. Here's my, you want to use mine? Here's my Bible. Show it to me in there. Oh, well, I can't read this. You sure can't. You sure can't read it. Because if you're buying that mess right over there, <laughs> no, you can't read this. What you need is somebody that can read it and somebody to help your eyes get open to the point where you can read it. I've converted people from the message. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> except, for, except for the chapter 29 and 16 talked about lusciousness or something. Lusciousness. Luscious, luscious something else. I don't know. <laughs> she can't believe it either. She's going to never forget it. I can assure you that. Amen. I'm here to testify. Okay. Praise God. Okay. It's amazing to me. Only proof we need in choosing our Christian leaders and our doctrine is how many people you got in your church and how much money you got. You're rich? Two Learjets. <laughs> We're starting this church today because you've obviously... You obviously need that jet to go meet with Jesus because you must know him personally to have two Learjets. I mean, come on. 
and 50,000 people. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Books flying off the shelves. Oh, yeah. You know what the Word of God says? Let's get a couple scriptures quickly. Brother Edward, give me 1 Timothy 6, 5 through 8. Brother David, would you give me Exodus 20 and 6, please? Chapter 20 and verse 6. Six, five through eight. Sister Erica, Matthew seven fourteen. Sister Tara, John fourteen fifteen. Man, man, I'm not gonna get through it today. Can't help it. Yeah, I'm going to get through it today. End of tape two.